0: Welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of the Fertility Conversations. Today, we are joined by Dr. G.H. Muhammad who is a team leader and founder of Santin Fertility Center located in South Africa. Dr. Ghulam Mohammed is the chairman of Santin Fertility Center at the Center of Advanced Medicine in Johannesburg. With over 40 years of experience, Dr. Mohamed earned his medical degree at King's College, um, King's George Medical School in Lucknow, that's in India. And that was in 1975 after which he then obtained a master's degree in obstetrics and gynecology from the Medical University of South Africa. He has completed various courses around the world and has also presented and lectured on infertility and assisted reproduction. Dr. Mohammed founded the Santin Fertility Clinic where he, when he saw the need among people both within and beyond South Africa's borders having difficulty conceiving. He's educated himself with the latest technology, including that which is used to treat male infertility and HIV-discordant couples. Dr. Mohamed has made it his mission to use this technology to help infertile couples achieve their goal of starting a family. Thank you so much, Dr. Mohamed, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you, yay. So we usually say, i uh, start off by telling us, uh, asking for you to tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, you, you know about, uh, I started this place about 21 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. It was in about 2001. Uh, I, I used to be a general gynecologist and obstetrician until 2001. And then I saw the need for another IVF unit in uh, Johannesburg, at that time, um, there were only uh, there were only three units in, in 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 Johannesburg, three or four maybe. So I saw this need, and I had an interest in fertility in my practice. I saw it going towards the management of infertility and fertility and its problems. So that's when I established uh, the the unit. Um, and, and since then, it's been in progress. More doctors have joined me in the sense that there are more doctors that are making use of this facility. And we have now become a training facility attached to the University of Run. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that once that kicks off, we'll have people coming into this unit for training purposes. That's wonderful. Yeah. It'll make it more interesting, you know?
0: Yes. And of course, that and, means you... Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: the, sorry, the, you see, in South Africa, there are about three units, three units all around the country that are attached to universities. Uh-huh. And uh, Johannesburg and the University of Witwatersrand, being a very, very popular and very well-known university all around the world, didn't have one. So about 18 months ago, we set the process uh, to attach it to an academic unit. And it took us about 18 minutes to get that uh, organized. We've just been uh, accredited, I think it was in June. So we're starting to receive people training for embryology and the clinical aspects as well.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. And the opportunity is just amazing. Lots of people that can now be trained, um, yes, and become experts yes. in this area.
1: Yes, you see. I mean, at first, the, uh, the reproductive medicine was not a specialist uh, recognized specialist uh, uh, specialty. But mm-hmm. since it has become anybody that wants to practice uh, fertility treatment in South Africa now has to be registered with the medical uh, with the medical board is a subspecialist and uh, i think that'll contribute a lot towards raising the standard of care in this country exactly Mm. that's amazing well done
2: thank you
0: you. and what what are your current roles right now because of course i know that you founded the clinic are you still actively
1: uh yes yes i'm still actively involved in the practice of Mm uh uh reproductive medicine And uh, I am actively also involved in the management of this unit. So, yes, I am active in the unit, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's great. So, of course, now we're speaking about this uh, clinic that you set up and the services offered. Can you please enlighten us about uh, the range of services you offer uh,
1: in the fertility space? Yeah. Well, we offer all types of treatments that are associated with assisted reproductive medicine. In other words, depending on the cause of, fertility, uh, of infertility in the couple, we manage it specifically. You know, aimed at that particular cause. So we offer like in vitro fertilization, mm-hmm. intracytoplasmic uh, injection of sperm, right. sperm sperm uh, investigation, sperm tests. We also uh, offer what is known as. PGS screening, this PGT and PGT M, where we biopsy the embryo and send it off for genetic screening. Right. Uh, so basically, we offer all forms of assisted reproduction.
0: That's wonderful, and I love the fact and, that he also, we also yeah.
1: got. We also sorry, we also got a a large cryo facility where we can we can uh, store excess uh, excess embryos for the patients. For embryo transfer later on. Then there's a, there's a, you know, for people who are, you know, these days, people are delaying family building. They're delaying it in favor of careers and all that. Right. So there's a donor, active donor program that we have that we offer to patients. We also offer patients the possibility of egg collection and delayed. You know, treatment of the infertility. So this suits people who are delaying their their uh, family uh, sort of infertility towards the age, past the age of 40. So we advise people that if you're going to be doing it, we tell them that it would be preferable that you conceive as early as possible. But if you need to postpone it for some reason, then of course we offer the facility of um, egg freezing. For later Perfect. fertilization.
0: That's amazing. That's a huge range of services that you offer.
1: Yeah, we cover basically all all aspects of the of the treatment.
0: Yeah, and the fact that I love the fact that you also have a specialization in male infertility, which again is rising globally, uh, yeah, and it's yeah. good to see that you're paying a lot of attention in that area as well.
1: Yes. Well, actually, you know, fifty percent of um, infertility is due to the male infertility. Yeah, and yeah. because of, uh, you know, environmental factors and all that, it is, as you say, on the rise. So yes, male infertility plays a big part in our treatment uh, profile. We right. even offer, you know, what they, what is known as extraction of sperm from by testicular biopsy. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. So if patients come to us and the problem is wholly due to male factor, we can end up uh, with uh, biopsying the ovary and uh, collecting, uh, biopsy the testes, sorry, and collecting sperm there and then using that for in vitro in, uh, or intracytoplasmic sperm injection. Wow. That's
0: amazing. And it's also very Mm. impressive that you're speaking about the fact that you also have the option of uh, freezing eggs or embryos for future use as well, uh, which of course, Mm. another growing area for people, either donor sperm or donor eggs, or sorry, donor eggs is having to consider that option as a part to parenthood. Um, So in terms of donor eggs and sperm that you have available, do you have it for uh, different ethnicities?
1: Yes, yes, Absolutely. We also, you know, uh, we have some, but we mainly do it on, on, on sort of, you know, when the couple approaches us, then mm-hmm. we have we have agencies that we, we, we interact with to choose a type of an egg or a, or a sperm that is, you know, will match the, the couple. Ah,
2: okay, you know? that's good.
1: So, yes, we do. And we do have some that are, you know, basically we, that we, we have frozen. Uh, mm-hmm. for eggs which are for sale right. but donor okay. embryos as such we don't have because donor embryos are always generated for a specific couple
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: you can't just go and bank donor embryos and sell them off the cuff you to specifically generate them for a specific couple and name right. that couple you know whereas donor eggs of course can just be purchased from the store that we have, you know, right. but there are companies, there are there are agencies in this country, and I'm sure elsewhere too, that uh, provide donors for a fee. You know, they exactly. recruit these people from universities mm-hmm. or from big companies and things like that, and mm-hmm. uh, recruit mm-hmm. and have a fee for recruiting them. Of course, we're not allowed to pay the donor. You know, it shouldn't become a profitable business. Mm-hmm. If exactly. you're allowed to pay a donor for, you know, the expenses like travel expenses, you know, and days away from work and things like that.
0: Right. Okay. So that way it helps to prevent it from becoming something that people yes. are selling as opposed to doing it for. Yes. Uh, to yes. help the corporate individual. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, you actually, it's supposed to be for altruistic reasons that you. Mm-hmm. Provided donors, you know, so you don't, do you? Don't want it to become a commercial project,
0: exactly. And is there a waiting time, a waiting period for donors?
1: For donors, well, I so mean, for a
0: couple, if they're looking at donor eggs or donor sperm, do you have to wait? Yeah, to wait?
1: well, we can generally get one within two weeks, you know.
0: All right, okay, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and do you can get
1: good donors. We prefer donors who are either university graduates or at university or something like that.
0: I see. And is there genetic testing done on the donors to make sure they're not carriers of certain common? So for example, if a black person comes to your clinic um, and I think oftentimes, and I I know for Nigeria, for example, people are usually concerned about uh, being a sickle cell carrier and wanting to ensure they're not with a partner that is a carrier as well. Uh, So if you have a donor, will you be checking that to rule out do they not carriers of certain
1: diseases? Yes, diseases, sure. Yes, we do that. You know, there are certain basic investigations we do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> Sorry. And then we add to it any any investigation that is required specifically for a couple. Right. Okay. So, for example, if the couple has a, a, a particular sort of a genetic abnormality and all that, we do request those tests in the donor.
2: Okay.
0: Um, okay. Yeah, okay. And I know that you noted as well that most of your um, donors are either university graduates or in university. So are they within a certain range of age then?
1: Yeah. Well, the, uh, ranges of, our, our, I think usually you, you can take anyone from the age of 18 till about, yeah. say, 30, 31. We take only donors that are over the age of 20 and up to 31.
2: Okay.
1: And they should be non-smokers. And generally they should have a normal sort of ovarian response profile. Right. So we do a screening first, yes.
0: Okay. And is there a maximum amount of time that a donor is used? Either even for donor eggs or sperm in terms of like sometimes uh, people might be concerned about how many potential families that the donor might be helping to create.
1: Uh, yes, you know, in this age, in this age where travel is so simple and mm-hmm. the world has become smaller, so you yeah. need to be very careful about that. Exactly. For example, in my in my unit, we can only use a donor thrice, you know,
2: right. and okay. get that's great.
1: Thrice. We don't we don't accept donors more than that because we also need to take into account that there will be, you know, even say we use a donor and the treatment fails, but there will be other eggs of that same donor that will be frozen. So, and and you may get pregnancies from that. So we have a strict policy where, you know, all pregnancies from a donor program should be reported and noted.
0: Oh that's amazing and we, do
1: place, and we do place a limit on the amount of times a donor can donate, you know, but sometimes you know it happens that the donors don't reveal everything at the yeah. time of the interview, you know that's that's one of the problems that one has so one has to go by guts as well, you know mm-hmm. the feeling that this person has donated because you don't want people to be making a business out of this exactly. You know, and especially you know today, I mean the world has become very, very contracted, yeah. you know with transport and all that. so one has to be very careful and ethical about this. The exactly. problem is that uh, the problem is in this speciality, technology is faster than progress in in uh, in uh, ethics you know right. ethics often ethics often has to catch up with technology. So we 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 quite aware of that.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think that's very important, even for the listeners and people also considering um, looking to come to your clinic, because I think, like you said, people want to ensure that uh, you've been ethical, but also being mindful of the potential number of families that could be yeah. uh, created from a single
1: donor. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, that, so we see a donor... Well before we actually put her on the program.
0: Right. So you get a chance to interview and
1: Yes, um, yes, and do some blood tests, basic blood tests, and maybe see, you know, see, sometimes donors get onto the program and they're not very reliable in terms of yeah. transport and. That, so so <clears throat> sorry, there are, there are practical problems, but we have a staff that we that ensures that everything goes well.
0: That's good. For people looking to come from overseas to South Africa and to your clinic, uh, is there also assistance in terms of uh, accommodation um, while they're in, in South Africa for, in Johannesburg for treatment?
1: Yes. Is there assistance? Yes. Okay. Yes. We're in a central area here in Waverley. So, so we have quite a few B&Bs around us and also hotels that we can We had to recommend to two patients, okay, and we have available very, very easy contactable places near the clinic, right? Okay, so we can assist them. Yes, for sure.
0: That's wonderful, and even for patients that might be thinking that do they need to be in South Africa for two to three weeks, or are there options of them starting potentially there? Uh, monitorings in their home country and sending reports and then coming to South Africa for uh, a minimal amount of time? Or do they need to be at your um, clinic for all the monitorings for that cycle?
1: No, you know, there's various options for them. Like, for example, I do a lot of patients from, you know, overseas, and we usually prepare them in their home country. It's not difficult, especially if we've got the services of a gynecologist that we can contact in the home country we right. can prepare the patients sort of from home and usually the first week of treatment we don't need to see them very often so we can we can leave them at the home countries and then they just come down for about another week or 10 days yeah
2: okay so
1: yeah those possibilities can be done and especially if we've seen the patient you know once then it becomes very easy because we've examined a, and we know what uh you know ovary looks like we know whether the uterus has any fibroids we know all that so right. if in a case like that we sometimes give the medicines to the patients they take it with them and in a lot of cases we got doctors who are willing to sort of relate with us and manage the first part of the cycle in the home country so that that's easy that can be done that's no problem
0: that's great that re- that really helps and uh Helps with yeah. the options, especially if you have to take time off from work or yes, minimizes yes, the yes. amount of time they need to travel.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that can be done. Okay. That's easy.
0: That's good to know. And for what about for individuals or couples that sometimes people have been... Ex- I mean, I know you have a huge unit and you have a lot of specializations, but for individuals that perhaps have been experiencing recurrent losses, uh, pregnancy losses, are you able to also...
1: We yeah, investigate them fully, and investigate, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, now you see those patients <clears throat> it's important to see them at least once
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so you get a good idea of what may be the problem, and the fortunate thing is there are certain labs that um, for example, Lancet lab in South Africa, that has got depots all over Africa, you know, oh. so. Yeah, so they 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 actually, we can actually do the blood work in the home country and get the results, you know.
0: Well, that's amazing. So That's good that's, to
1: know. That's, that's very easy. Sorry.
0: I was saying that that's good to know, for people to know that that option is there, that you can do the testing even in their home country.
1: Yeah, in the, the in South African labs have got depots in those countries. So even if they do them in those countries, we get the results here. No? Oh, that's Did good. You? Digitalization has done wonders for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's so many changes that, like you said, technology is moving so fast. Lots of changes. Even the AI now, yeah, uh, it's being used in, in terms of the fertility clinics. Yeah, yeah. Good to know.
2: That's not difficult.
0: What about for couples doing genetic testing? I know you mentioned earlier that you have some labs, some people have things like cystic fibrosis or balance like a translocation and things like that. Are they things that you can also investigate?
1: Yeah, from what I understand mm-hmm. that those labs in Africa, that I mean the lab, the South African labs in Africa have good depots there and whatever lab Whatever test, they cannot do that. They send it to South Africa. They just fly the test down here, you know. So that's also not difficult.
2: That's wonderful. Um, where,
1: where are you speaking from, Ola? Nigeria. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we get a lot of patients from Nigeria, yeah.
0: Yeah, because lots of people, I mean, I'm speaking from Nigeria, but of course the podcast listeners are from, across the globe. Well, yes, yeah. lots of Nigerians go overseas to uh, explore options. So it's good to see yeah. that you already have some patients that Nigerians are Nigerians at your clinic.
1: Yes, yes, I have lots of patients that come here from Nigeria to see me.
0: That's wonderful. Do you do? Uh, yeah. ge- um, sorry, did you want to say something?
1: No, I see. In fact, there was a there was a Nigerian TV station called Good Morning Africa or something.
0: Yeah, were you that on used it?
1: To- Yeah, I was on it a number of times.
0: Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's called Good Morning Africa. Is it, if I remember correctly?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm going to check it out. Perhaps, I'm sure, it's probably on YouTube or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. They do, yeah, yeah.
0: So (laughs) another common thing for Nigerians, and perhaps some other parts of the world, is that people also explore um, gender selection. So perhaps they might have a certain... Uh, ch- children of a certain sex and wanting to look into yeah. having boys or girls, yes, whatever yes. the situation might yeah. be. Is that something yeah. that you also provide at your clinic?
1: Yeah, I we can do it Yeah, especially, you know, for certain genetic abnormalities. For example, mm-hmm. uh, some couples, I mean, uh, hemophilia is mm-hmm. genetically inherited down the male line, you know. So right. they, they need uh, genetic testing for that to exclude that, you know.
2: Yeah. And of course so, it's a medical condition. Yeah, we do, we as do well. a
1: lot of uh, we do a lot of biopsies for uh pre-implantation <clears throat> genetic assessment, you know. Right. So that's quite yeah, that's done. Yeah. That's, that's and you good. see, I think what also happens in this country mm-hmm. is because of the exchange rate being very favorable to the patients, you know, you yeah. you get a large amount. Of people coming down and taking advantage of that, you know. Yeah,
0: and the fact that you have really good clinics and lots of uh, amazing labs, because even from yeah, many countries, do. I know they send their uh, biopsies yeah. to South Africa as well. So
1: yes, absolutely, yes.
0: So it's pretty impressive, yeah. and now the fact that you now have a training center as part of your clinic as well, so that's also going to bring in a lot of uh, yes. Yeah. experts trying to learn and of course more patients as
1: well yes for sure yeah it's so helpful. yeah it's just that this last two years you know <laughs> this pandemic has affected a lot of yeah. things it's changed the way we live you know yeah so that unfortunately was a very very unfortunate period in our life
0: yes and also i hope you over this. two years
1: yeah Oof. yeah but i hope we see, we've seen the end of that now you know yes
0: hopefully fingers crossed that's it <laughs> yeah
1: that's
0: it. no more of that
1: yeah.
0: that's good thank yeah. you for sharing that dr mohammed i think it's really important and of course some people also have genetic conditions that are worse off or worse off in certain sexes and some even lethal in certain yes. sexes. so yes uh, gender selection is also important for that in
1: those areas. Gender selection is quite an important component of our sort of uh, uh, pro- uh, treating profile or treating protocols, as we call them. You know, right, mm. you know. so.
0: right. <clears throat> yeah. and is have there any- you been
1: to South yeah, Africa? Yeah, have go you ahead. been yet to South Africa?
0: Yes, I've been once, but I haven't certainly haven't been to your clinic. I would like to visit in the near future. And I know that Please. now you always have virtually show Africa as well every year in South Africa.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Please do come.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'll come visit. It'd be nice to see your unit. It sounds really yeah, amazing.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. We'd like to show show it off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come with my camera. <laughs> I'm to capture yeah. it all. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. So, Dr. Mohammed, is there anything else that you'd like to share with any uh, perspectives? Uh, patient or couple looking to come to your clinic? Is there anything else that you'd like us to know?
1: Well, you know, like uh, the the thing that I've started offering now, the first Mm -hmm. consultation is by Zoom. Uh, uh, So we do that as well a lot now, you know, and all they do is they contact Yumna like you did, Mm -hmm. and she does the rest and she sets up the appointments, you know.
2: Yes.
1: So that's a facility that we offer now. And uh, a lot of times we can offer that facility. And as a result of the consultation, I can give them the list of, you know, uh, bloods or x rays that I need done. And they can be done in places like Nigeria, you know, and sent over to us. So the preliminary consult can be done over Zoom.
0: Right.
1: You know, all they have to do is contact. uh, Yumna had sent him to at yes. the end. And it's done.
0: That's great. I'll put that in the notes as well. And I think yes. that the good. I mean, uh, most of the Zoom consultations started after COVID.
2: Um, yes, yes, yes. So
0: um, that's one one single good thing that came out of that in the sense that now we have those options.
1: Yes. It's also become a good thing for conferences, you know? Exactly. Because now we don't, <laughs> we don't have to travel all the way to attend these conferences, and we can listen to them on uh, on computer at, at our own pace, you know?
0: Exactly. And before that, we didn't have that option. Now we know that it's yeah. possible. It can be done.
1: It's possible. Yes, it can be done.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Dr. Mohammed. And finally, as a wrap-up, for any individual or couple that is trying to conceive do you have any words of advice or encouragement
1: well you see the main thing i do i have is that look today it is possible to get you know those people that it was impossible to get pregnant we can we can get them pregnant today but we have other challenges all right for (laughs) example like male infertility we know that smoking has an impact on it you know so Mm -hmm. i would advise people to give up smoking have alcohol in moderation, exercise in moderation, have a good diet. A Mediter- mediterranean diet is a good diet, and mm-hmm. basically I'm, lead a healthy lifestyle and protect your fertility. You know, yeah. If you if you if you're getting to the age, especially the female, if you're getting to the age of about thirty two to thirty five, you know, it would be wise for you to start planning a family because after 35, it becomes a little bit difficult. And if you have been having you know, unprotected intercourse for 12 months to 18 months and haven't conceived, it is time to see a fertility specialist. Don't wait till you're 40, you know? Right. So those are some of the things I'd like them to take note of.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Mohamed. This is a really, really powerful um, advice from you. And we definitely appreciate it, really appreciate you coming on the show today to speak about uh, your clinic and all the amazing work uh, that you're doing and also the training that is now starting. It's really incredible. And we're so excited about all the uh, options that are now available for people that are trying to conceive. So thank you for all the support that you're You're providing and helping people to um, grow their families.
1: Um, We really appreciate
0: you. Thank thank you for uh, being here today, and we look forward to having you again in the near future. It'll be a pleasure. It'll be my pleasure. Thank Um, you, and I'll come visit as well. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, Please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.